Do the trashy pulp novels of the world have anything to offer? Our bestseller is all they're cracked up to be. Here at Terrible Book Club, we explore whether you really can judge a book by its cover or its ridiculous synopsis. You ever passed a book and thought, ugh, who's reading this? We probably are. Welcome to episode 167 of the Terrible Book Club. I'm Paris and this is Chris. Hello. This time we read Waldo Beyond the Walls Adventures in the Galaxy by Bill Shook, which was recommended by an anonymous fan who has apparently been a devoted listener to the podcast for five years. Well, thank you, anonymous friend. We very much appreciate your devotion, I'm sure Tereblo does as well. Uh, our wonderful anonymous listener here recommended this book because Waldo Beyond the Walls read not like a draft, but someone's first pass at writing something. It was so utterly abysmal that it deconstructed my brain and put me off reading for a whole week. I ran the book by four family members, one of whom is a professionally published writer. Their opinions were in line with my own, and I'm sure yours will be as well. It has been optioned for a movie. I kind of forgot about that. These truths need to be expressed so that Waldo Beyond the Walls may be extinguished. Wow, this is... All right, we're on a mission. (laughs) Does he think we have that kind of power Uh, Yeah, we don't. I don't think we have... I don't think we... Our bodies getting... (laughs) We have no power, actually. uh, No, throwing our bodies in front of, like, a movie option would be, like, little flies (laughs) going by you while you're walking to work. Like, no effect. (laughs) (laughs) Like desperate dramatic music while we're risking our lives and then just plastic. <laughs> yes, correct. Bugs on a windshield. Um, wow. I'm sorry. I'm like sitting here going, "Wow, this was optioned for a movie." I, mm, I don't know about that. I mean, I don't wonder how they know that, but like, but I can't believe that. I just don't believe it. That. Could I'm be sorry. a lie. I mean. <laughs> like, the author the author could have just been like oh yeah my book's so good it got option for a movie and his family's just like oh and like everyone he knows is like oh maybe you know what first we can find out by going to the website waldowall.com <laughs> that's a real thing go to the fucking website hang on no Jesus i'm gonna go to the Christ. website <laughs> go to the website i'm off the rails i'm off the wall already off the wall Beyond the walls. By the way, can I just say before we start anything, there's not really like a beyond the walls here, right? Because no one's trapped in any of the walls in this book, so there's no beyond. You're just on one side of the wall or the other. All right. Right? Like, who's to say what's beyond on what, what, what side all right, of the wall? All right. All right. I got news. I've got news. <laughs> there is no Waldo Waldo. No, no, no. There is, unfortunately. Um, Right at the top in the upper left, it's, uh, left it says the Waldo Metaverse TM. Nah. Wait, wait. Nah, I don't it wanna. gets better. I'd rather not. I'm going to click on metaverse and see what happens. The first multi metaverse built for fan collaboration. Oh, no. There's also another what? link for NFTs. 
know. Great. Oh, awesome. you know, I saw a reference to NFTs in like the the um oh my god, the beginning of the book with credits and whatnot. I don't know why the name for that is escaping me at the moment. But uh I was like, I've already lost confidence in this book because it's trying to sell it's trying to sell children NFTs. Let's just let's just remember this is a book for small Mom, children. Can I have more allowance <laughs> so I can buy Waldo NFTs? What? You're grounded. <laughs> What person is trying to sell little kids NFTs? Like, what is what the fuck is happening in this world? Anyway, around until you learn about financial responsibility. <laughs> Guess what? That non fungible token, fucking fungible by mom and dad, <laughs> took away that URL. Anyway, I'd uh, rather you <laughs> took up drugs. Please, son, have a weed. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so I guess our anonymous fan here, uh you know, heard about this and felt, you know, felt they had to raise the alarm. They raised the terrible book alarm. They placed this book on the altar of Terriblo and we've accepted it. All right. Um, All right. What do we do here, Paris? What do we do here? Uh, If this is your first time listening to this show, what we do here at the Terrible Book Club is we read and review books that we assume will be bad based on their cover, title, summary, or some combination of the three. Uh, sometimes, like today, though, we read books that our patrons, listeners, or friends recommend. So we typically do the opposite of what most people do when they are in a bookstore or while they're browsing the internet and looking for something to read. Typically, this experiment results in a hilariously disappointing read, but once in a while, we do actually end up liking the book. Uh, for today, you know, I guess you've already experienced our barnyard language. Uh, that's going to continue as as it does uh, into perpetuity. Other than that, I don't know. Today's mostly fine. It's a little kid's book, but we do have to get into, like, 1990s levels of, like, multiculturalism, quote-unquote, and, like, peace and hope. And some of that stuff, I understand, might might rub you the wrong way. Um, so if, if you don't want to hear about that, skip today. Yeah, nothing rubs me the wrong way like peace and hope. Well... The 1990s brand of multiculturalism paired with peace and hope is specifically what we mean, and I think you all know what we're talking Yeah, that kind of, yeah, like everyone can just get along if they decide to, if, and you ignore a lot of things. Yeah, everyone is the same. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so Chris, would you like to, uh, I guess you could, actually, Chris, you could literally read the back of the book because you have it in your possession. We had to buy a hard copy of this. <laughs> That's I know. Unfortunately, there's literally nothing on the back of the book except um, a bunch of pictures of, I guess this is an NFT right here, but it's fungible because um, it's probably a lot of copies of this. So there's the uh, Amazon is, summary, which Chris, is, is there um, is Are here. there a lot of copies of this? Do you think there are? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But, well, there's more than one, and thus the token has been funged. I guess. I guess we've been funged. All right, Chris, you want to get fungy and uh, read the read this? Yes. Here. here we go. This fantasy adventure about the reluctant hero Waldo is the creation of author, artist, and designer Bill Shook. The story weaves a unique blend of culture, humor, history, science, and fantasy. There is no one in the world quite like Waldo, a fellow who's a bit off the wall even when he's on it. Join Waldo and his collection of friends as they embark on adventures that will span the world dive deep into history, consider the great beyond, and keep a smile on your face from beginning to end. 
Strange events force Waldo off the wall as he is contacted by his uncle Victor and handed a clue to a family secret that is truly out of this world. They will get a glimpse of the other cultures and traditions in Europe, Asia, and North America and discover magical treasures. They'll delve into some of the most pivotal moments in human history as they explore world-famous walls in Croatia, China, Zimbabwe, and Greece. By the time Waldo finally gets back to the wall, he'll have learned not only where he comes from and realized that this isn't the end of his story, but the beginning of an adventure spanning the entire galaxy. For more information regarding Waldo books, projects, NFTs, and music and licensing, hdbs.com for waldo.waldo.com. <laughs> I don't think you quite. I mispronounced that. I don't think you quite got that. I didn't really do that. It's uh, waldowall.com in case you're curious. Speaking of which, thank you. First of all, thank you, Chris, for reading that. Secondly, I did click on the movie section of the website. This, uh, unless this hasn't been updated since this was recommended to us, I don't think this was optioned for a movie. The author made a trailer and he's trying to get funding for it there is a pitch deck for a movie but i mm, optioned and like you're try you're hoping that it becomes a movie are two different things <laughs> i don't think yes someone out there has the option to <laughs> perhaps make a movie a very unique interpretation of that word um, <laughs> anyway glad glad we got to uh got to a resolution there um, all right, Chris, I'm going to go ahead and read the characters, setting, and the summary you wrote. Uh, how about that? Does that sound good to you? Sure. Sounds great. All right. Uh, our characters and setting. So our setting is the planet Earth, uh, various continents. Our characters, we got Waldo, just a, a young boy, unsure of age. Uh, his accidentally non-binary cat, Shadow, uh, Mr. Eddie, his insufferable dog who went to Harvard because that's a, continues to be the only university anyone Mr. has Eddie ever heard of. His dog. I think Mr. Eddie is just a dog that is out there. His friend dog, whatever. It doesn't matter. But anyway, <laughs> authors continue to only know one university, and that is Harvard. And that's it. There's no other <laughs> options in any that's book. The one. Uh, Waldo's um, several uncles and cousins appear, and they are often stationed at various walls that we visit throughout the book. There's evil pigmen, and one of the evil pigmen has a just an evil dog called Dog, just Dog with a W in it. I I, I don't fucking know. Um, I'm glad that we agree on that pronunciation, Paris. I wasn't hoping I was <laughs> hoping I wouldn't come in here and you'd be like, it's Dwog. <laughs> I don't know. It could be Dwog. Uh, is there, <laughs> did I forget? No, that's it, right? <laughs> we don't, yeah, that's, that's it. really, I mean, unless you want to get specific about the uncle names, nah, which, nah. All right. <laughs> I do not care to. All right. Well, um, <laughs> this is a children's book, so it's a pretty short summary. Uh, we just want to give you kind of a <clears throat> holistic overview of the plot events and how things happen in the story so that when we're talking about things we liked and didn't like, you will have a general sense of what we are talking about. Waldo is a kid who lives on a wall. It's his wall. He likes sitting on it, watching people go by. One day, his uncle Victor comes by, all coy about some adventure and mystery-solving Waldo must get up to for his family or something. He gives him a letter that he breathes on to reveal a map of the world and also fill his town with color? I guess it was monochrome before, but it took 28 pages for us to find that out, so I don't know. It's a map 
of famous walls around the world, and it and it opens a portal in Waldo's wall to another wall. Waldo and his cat pal Shadow go through the portal and find themselves in Berlin. Waldo's got another cousin in Berlin who also has a wall, the Berlin Wall. He gives Waldo a little riddle where the answer is hope. And when Waldo says it out loud, Berlin is filled with color. I guess it was also monochrome because it was sad or something because it's Germany. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, it's really just. Waldo does this kind of thing twice more in China with another uncle and California with a cousin where the answers to those riddles are peace and love, respectively. This whole time, Waldo is ineptly being pursued by the pig man and Wog, some kind of pig-human hybrid and just his shitty dog. Turns out that Pigman is part of an alien race that wants to harvest Waldium, a material from the Wall world, where Waldo is from. He is also an alien and he didn't know until now. So I guess Waldium's in the walls? It's just like a, a thing? I don't know. The Pigmen, of course, only have Pigmandium, and because of the stupider name, they want the Waldium instead. Waldo has to harvest the Waldium gems from the secret compartments in all the walls, and he gets the Walfinity Gauntlet that can banish the pigmen from Earth. Also, his dog named Mr. Eddie is around sometimes. The end. Yep, there, there you have it, folks. It's, it's a wall-based children's book. <laughs> you said that, and I like can't, I can't even, can't keep it together. All right, Chris, you wanna, you wanna start us out with some things that were good. Okay, so this isn't necessarily in the notes up top over here, but I want to say that I sort of appreciate the idea of, like, hey, check out the historical significance of walls around the world. It, it's kind of a nice way to get kids to think about the objects have history, and there's a lot of interesting things you can know about them. That's about where it kind of stops for me in terms of like where that concept could go because I don't think it's executed that well after that. But the, it's not a horrendous idea. Yeah, I mean, it's I, look like I haven't been a ch I've been adult for a few years now, so like I don't know what's out there really for children's books, but uh, I I certainly don't remember like a children's book around walls before. So I was like, all right, sounds kind of like without the wall fine. thing, just like the, the idea of t letting kids know that objects have yeah, right. context. Right. Absolutely. And you know, I, I personally had never heard of the Zimbabwe walls or Harold Dugal. I'm not sure how to say that before. And so I was like, Oh, this is cool. I didn't know about these things. Um, you know, it would have been nice to actually <clears throat> learn about them and not just that they exist, but that's fine. Um, we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, speaking of walls, the other thing, uh, this, all right, this is where I embarrass myself in front of the world. <clears throat> I, uh, I, so I didn't know that Berlin was divided into four. I thought it was only divided into two because... I had only ever learned about East and West Germany and only ever heard people refer to it as like a dichotomy and not a quadchotomy. I don't know what the what the, <laughs> what the version of four is. Quadchotomy, yeah, that's probably I it. did not know uh, that it was divided into four, and I felt really dumb when I realized that. 
I mean, so, so I I did know this, and the only reason I do know this is because I remember I had I just have this weird memory. One thing that my brain held on to from looking at maps in history textbooks in school. I just have this very clear memory of looking at one and seeing Berlin divided into four pieces and there was like color coding of who owned what quadrant. And that's just this one fact and memory that has stuck in my brain from, you know, history books in school. I think it was because here's actually the reasoning. I used to have a lot of trouble reading maps in history classes in school because they'd always be color coded. Right. So right. all the information on the maps was very difficult for me, a very colorblind person, to parse. But this one, it used a system that wasn't color coding. It was like how it was hashed. Oh, or like, like, you know, like, this like one hatch was marks solid. or shaded. Was, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's why it stuck out for me and why I knew this one fact, which is oddly relevant to this story where color is part of it. Is there some kind of like wall monochromatism thing that I haven't heard about? Like, why is there a connection? Oh, my God, Chris, you haven't gotten the letter from your Uncle Victor yet. That's why. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's been all this time. I don't have a wall, though. Should I have been? Like, is that? I mean, you're, you're, near, a, inside Paris? you're near a highway. Is that you're near a highway that was built through a historically black area. So I'd consider that a wall. <laughs> Cool. Great. Yes, I got the gonna, racist wall. Chris, you're going to get on top of 93, and then one of your Polish uncles will drive by and throw a letter at your head, and he's going to blow on it, and then you'll, your colorblindness will be fixed. Oh, my God. <laughs> Figured it's it out. It's also simple. Figured it out. All right. So, uh, yeah. So, I was like, wow, okay. This book taught me, like, three facts. Yeah, you learn stuff, <laughs> yes. Paris. Um, you were an adult for many years now. I know. Uh, the other couple of things that uh, were on my, like, things I enjoyed about this. Um, the Specifically, the illustration of Space Cat versus the pig, which I guess Space Cat was actually just supposed to be Shadow, who is not a space cat, but it looks like a space cat in the drawing. I thought that illustration was awesome. Um, I mean, I the other illustrations maybe not so much but um that one was fantastic there's artistic quality to some of these illustrations i would say yeah. uh, the, uh, i mean waldo as a person has horrifying proportions yeah. but like it, there's something there's a style here is there a style some... chris or are there like eight styles because i we, i just want to talk about things that were bad but i mean things that excuse me by good. the way this is my favorite one that we'll discuss when we get to things that were bad oh yeah yeah okay so let's say it's got some illustrations that are i think are good for a kid's book they look professionally done some of them um uh, you know what? You know what, man? I, I like rocks and minerals. And you know what? I also find comfort in a nice stone wall or fortification. Feels stable. <laughs> so I, I get it. I get that part of the book. The kids so like... So you appreciate that there's walls in here is really what it is? I mean, I like a good stone wall or like a, you know, I like a good... Okay. I like a good... Uh, you like what you like. A crenellation, a good buttressed tower. You know, it's... Okay. Gives you, makes you feel I can stable. get behind that. <laughs> Do you like, okay, do you like them, like, low and wide, or do you like them, like, tall and thin? Like, you know, um, is height more of a thing for you? Or I is mean, it like I feel like thickness? the classic, like, New England borrowed from Europe, that low, thick stone wall, that's, that's, that's chef's kiss for <laughs> okay. me. Um, All right. But anyway, I guess I understand, like, starting a children's book with, like, Waldo likes his wall because it makes him feel 
like grounded, even though that's not what they say. That's the sense I get. And I'm like, all right, if you're starting a children's book, I get it. Um, <clears throat> the only other note I had for things that were good was there's a part where there's an enchilada hangover and it's like mildly funny. It didn't even make me laugh internally, but I just went, It, okay. it comes out of the blue. It's just the chapter <laughs> starts with like the fifth enchilada was the bad idea, it turns out. <laughs> and he's like, oh God, I can barely get by today because I'm in, I'm in California and I've eaten too many enchiladas. And I was like, it's not that funny, but it's a kid's book. I'm like, all right, I can see a kid being like, haha, enchiladas. Can you feel the length of my reach and the strain in my arm? <laughs> yeah. All right. We are going to move into the things that were not so great section. <clears throat> As I already discussed, the page with like all the incidentals and credits mentioned NFTs and the table of contents also had like spacing, spelling and kerning problems and... Let me tell you, I was reading this very late at night on Chris's couch, like trying to finish this before I go to bed. And <laughs> I I was having a hard time. I was not enjoying this. My my it was bad. <laughs> like how hard was your desire to like go upstairs to my bedroom and like slam your fist on the door and like swing it open and be like, Chris, the fucking car. It was I can't stand it. It was very strong, but I decided at least one of us should you know get sleep in that evening so uh yeah so my first note was i'm already off this goddamn wall because i just how do you, the first thing you open your book with sucks like it just looks bad why <laughs> um why would you also like speaking of openings why would you open a children's book with a two-page repetitive summary kids don't want to read this don't want to read the summary twice like why does that happen just put a third of this on the back of your book. There, it's fixed. Also, the summary is repeated on the final page. There's some repeated illustrations, too, which is like, it's got, like, Maradonianism. Um, <clears throat> I, this, it's got a bad case of that Maradonianism. Yeah, I mean, this... Sorry, sir. Unfortunately, you've come down with a terrible I, case of I Maradonianism. <laughs> We're going to have to have you poisoned and just suddenly die. I'm sorry, sir. You're going to have to go to our writing boot camp for a full year. Yeah, I, I just, like, this felt very carelessly thrown together, and I, I was about to write, this might be the most carelessly t thrown together thing we've run on the show since last time, because I kind of forgot that the last episode <laughs> that aired was splattering yet endearing, which is our mm -hmm. new champion, our new reigning champion, yeah. so, you know, it's not... I'd rather read Waldo oh, yeah. five times. I would rather have it, I think I would rather have it tattooed on my body than... <laughs> go back to splattering um you know that's an option for me i could add that's to this. true but yeah so i think um the reason that these things were so off-putting to me is because the author is spoken about in the um sort of the back of the book as like author artist designer bill shook like we're supposed to know who he is like he's established i'm assuming that's just a trick and he's not but when you like talk up the creator of the book and then the first thing you experience is really unprofessional and disorganized formatting it's just like all right you know it makes you question that of course children probably aren't thinking that but um if you're a parent looking at this you're like some five-year-old child that got a copy of this and also walked like ran into their parents bedroom like the current <laughs> i hope so i hope i hope that kid exists um <laughs> you bought me this shit book with this bad kerning fuck you mom 
<laughs> Chris, could you give me a pay uh, a paper? <laughs> Yeah, Chris, could you do me a favor and turn to page five and read Mm -hmm. that for me? Minerals are a marvelous thing. They come from within. It doesn't have to be created artificially. Nature creates. It is innovative and dazzling and speaks of a higher force at work behind its own beauty. Nature creates minerals everywhere in the universe. Beings take those minerals and forge tools, crafts, essentials, instruments of war, and objects of wonder. Time, heat, pressure, that's all you really need to forge minerals. A combination of the three makes magic happen. Gold, silver, bronze, copper, diamonds and rubies, emeralds and sapphires, amethysts and topaz. All of them are naturally made, not a single hand involved in the process. They can be buried for millennia or bubble to the surface unexpectedly. They can be beautiful or terrible, peaceful or raging. They can bring beauty and light or symbolize death and destruction. Above all, they are gifts for good or ill and certainly not to be trifled with. All right. I got... All right. Keep keep all that in your mind, folks. I got two questions. One, does this man not know that lab-created gems are a thing? Two, did you not hear Jordan Peterson reading that entire segment? Because that's who was staring <laughs> in my head. Uh, because it just sounds... Up yours, woke Twitter. Minerals are the greatest. <laughs> Your lab-created minerals are woke propaganda. Only real minerals from the earth. <laughs> harvested by a child. Like, I just... For some reason, there's something about that. I think because he's like, oh, nature, only nature can make these. It's like, bro, have you... Like, we also make many of them. Uh, it labs. really sets off a lot of alarm bells yes. for me whenever I hear someone start going off about, like, the natural thing, the yes. thing that nature intended. It's, like, never great. It's never great. Yeah, when your children's book is reminding me of Jordan Peterson, you have already lost. Okay. Um, Chris, you want to... Sorry, it's just a... I had a, yeah, I had a question. Notes. I have a question about... Okay, so Waldo's from the, the planet Wall or whatever... Um, Waldia? And or is it Planet Wall? No, Wall? Yeah, I guess it's Wall. I, it's not really named. It's not named. So guess what? It's Planet Wall now. Anyway, um, it, so all the uncles and cousins are really members of the race, but they call them uncles and cousins. Um, there's a single Wall cousin. Actually, a couple. that. Um, but, like, how does that – is that just, like, when you call people that are family friends uncles and cousins, but that's, like, right – alien species wide thing that they do or is everyone actually a little bit related and there's which implies you know, some horrible really, things about planet wall <laughs> yeah. i mean you know if there's not a lot of you it's gonna be a like a little inbreeding until like it really pops off right like you can't really if there's only 40 of you well but here's it, the, i guess you really all are uncles and cousins okay but, but here's I, we don't know how many but there here's are. the thing and i don't okay i'm not trying to like sound like jordan peterson here but something we should note the natural <laughs> thing to do is to marry a wall cousin <laughs> wall cousins are only produced on organic wall farms you can't make a wall cousin <laughs> in a lab you cuck um anyway <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm trying if you're saying that you're aliens from a different planet, why are you why are you like the ethnicities of humans on Earth? Is this a disguise? It doesn't seem like that. I don't I don't get it. Like why is there no 
different. Why are the phenotypes the same yes. in a planet like across the galaxy? Thank you for saying that in a much more eloquent, <laughs> simple way that did not sound terrible. Yeah, I don't quite get that. It just doesn't come off as very creative. You're just like, oh yeah, that person over there is an alien. You're like, wait, how? They're like, I don't know, they're just from another planet. It's like, but what? You said this book was going to teach us about the science. The pigmen are different. Like, yeah. Also, the the town that Waldo is from just lets the pigman be that he's an asshole and like totally not human. Not to say that we should get rid of people that don't look totally human, but if you're like a giant asshole that does nothing but antagonize everyone, at least throw him in jail. Like it's not even for any reason that he looks weird. He's just actually breaking the law. Yeah, he 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 and his dog just like don't they like piss all over stuff? Isn't like that that their thing? Yeah, like public like... urination just for no reason, just to suck, yeah. just to be jerk. At least book them, dude. Like what? Yeah. And and not like a public urination, like oh I need to go to the bathroom, like a like a like a vicious public urination, like peeing on people's things. Urination. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, I just I don't know. It just was like it's a kids book. Get the creative. lore is thin and flavorless. What lore, Chris? What gruel. lore? <laughs> <laughs> so I mentioned I had a little outburst when I was reading the summary because I was like. I can't believe it took 28 pages in this like 100 page kids book for us to find out that the main character lives in a world without color because all of the illustrations are in color. So you don't know. I mean, I've read books like this before where you start off and the illustrations are black and white and then something happens to cause the world to have color and then the illustrations are in color. Therefore, uh, they're they're. This uh, actually seems like a massive oversight. <laughs> now that you're mentioning yeah. it, I didn't think of that. I mean, I, probably because of the colorblindness thing, but, like, that does seem like a really obvious thing that you could do to key people into what's going right, on. Right, so, like, it it doesn't necessarily have to be in the text. Like, Waldo lives in a black and white world. It could have just... Illustrations could have been black and white. And that would have been fine, but it just kind of appears as a total surprise, and I don't... I also don't understand the point. I think he's trying to say that, like, oh, when you discover other... It's supposed to be... I think it's supposed to be a metaphor for... When children discover there are other places to go and and history is vast and other people that are different from them exist and have like lives of their own, it really opens up your world and like colors your world. But I had to really think about that <laughs> for like a few minutes. So I don't know that children will pick up on the connection like exploring you know how you could have done that here's how you could have done that when the wall opens with the wall portal that's where the color comes spilling from not just the letter in his hand well yeah and also if it had come spilling like different colors from each wall until he finally had the whole rainbow the visible spectrum that would have served the message right it would have been like oh i get it only when i've considered all people in all places like can i really see the rich palette of history and humanity before me but we didn't do that we didn't even right, we should write a fucking wall book. Chris, let's do this yeah chris you and i gonna get in on this wall business we we just thought i want everyone to know these things are not in our notes we just came up with that so the fact this that, is off the dome here the fact that this stuff was published and probably saw many people before and after and nobody was like hey man maybe like think a little harder it's a kid's book but like you still gotta you gotta try <laughs> a little layering here <laughs> i you know we don't know so that sucked um 
editing note, you know, there was uh, Shadow the cat. I was jokingly referring to Shadow as accidentally non-binary because the cat is. Uh, Shadow is referred to as she, and then she is suddenly he, and then she again, and then he a few more times. And it didn't seem intentional. It just seemed careless, right? Like, it would be one thing if they're like... Shadow the cat can be referred to by any pronouns, but that's not what happened here. This is just bad editing, you know? So that was annoying. Like, it's a children's book that's a hundred fake children's book pages. Like, we're not talking real pages here. You know what I mean? You all, I presume, have seen a children's book. So the fact that you've got, like, typo, grammar, spelling, stuff going on is just inexcusable. Ah, Moving on. So, all right. This book is supposed to teach kids about history and science. Where is the science? What is that one weird fucking Jordan Peterson jerk off section session about like minerals coming from the natural earth and nowhere else? Is that the science? Yeah, you know, natural minerals like waldium and pigmandium <laughs> is what the kids will learn about here. Yes. And then what's the I mean, the, they don't really learn any history. The only thing they learn is that. Berlin was divided into four after World War II and that walls exist with historical context that you don't receive in other places. So, like, all you're learning is that, wow, humanity really likes a wall. <laughs> I don't know in the In the Great Wall of China part, he talked about how, you know, merchants could get oh, in yeah, and out depending on certain conditions. So, like, you get a little bit. There's, like, one wall fact per wall. Which is not enough. It's and- not enough. It's not enough. I don't know. Yeah, I guess you could throw in like two or three. Give kids more credit than that. Although, as someone that works with children, sometimes just the one thing is fine. That's that's what they can handle sometimes. Well, but with the walls in Africa, we only got the fact that they existed. We did. Like, we did. True. Yes. So that's you really don't get anything. I, I just feel like if you're gonna put a book together that's supposed to be teaching something you gotta put the things in there to teach right like don't tell me it's gonna teach kids history and science if it isn't i mean i guess there is that one passage about minerals which sort of but i wouldn't consider that that you literally just put a page in about minerals it's not worked into the story like if the creation of the minerals and how they're made was worked into the story a kid might remember it but a kid isn't going to remember this weird YouTube rant about the glory of minerals. <laughs> like, and that's No, not... they're going to remember that in, that near every wall, there's a secret gem. Yes. That's that's what a kid will hook on yes. to. They're, exactly. Or like, oh, no, there's evil pigmen. You know, like, that's what they're going to remember. So the there was no, there wasn't a good weaving of these things together, which is biggest problem here but there's also a lot of factual problems (laughs) so we already brought up how this author apparently doesn't know that lab created gems exist i mean obviously it's not everything but it's many um i think he's just a denier that they count he's a he's a gem denier (laughs) yeah um it feels like that there's all right this is a series of things i took issue with so let me let me just go there um there's a passage where he says that someone oh i think they're talking to like the dog that went to harvard and yeah mr eddie mr eddie who went to harvard and yale oh right sorry those are the only two colleges anyone knows or universities anyone knows about college universities um 
the 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 dog is like, oh, there's this other dog. She's really cool. She's a golden retriever in the U.S. and she found a thousand year old Viking dishes. And I was like, my little like anthropology antennae were like <laughs> like tingling. I was like, that's that's not. I don't want to say it's not possible, but it's like ninety nine point nine nine percent not possible. <laughs> it's like. The only because the dog to be clear, the dog didn't use archaeology tools. Dog it just dog. used its right. paws, which would break the old dishes. I'm going. Oh, to Oh yes, that that is a good point. My point was that uh, North American Viking settlements are unproven, with the exception of one place in Newfoundland, uh, which I will not pronounce correctly, despite having a French name. I can't pronounce French. It's uh, Lons en Meadow or whatever. I don't know. The fucking meadow place. <laughs> that place. Um, that is the only place in North America where there's been verified archaeological evidence of Viking settlement at any time. It was a short-lived settlement as far as we know um so i i mean so newfoundland as you may know is in canada it is in north america it is not america uh it's not the united states so i i just just like okay here here's the reason why i find this irresponsible to include in a children's book there have been there's been a lot of uh let's just say a white supremacist myth making about how Vikings settled America, though. Like, oh, it was the Vikings. And strangely, this has been really concentrated in New England. Uh, and there are a couple of landmarks that still exist in Maine, New Hampshire, and Massachusetts that are like, oh, yeah, this is this is Viking stuff. It's none of it is. It's all been disproven. And that shit still persists. So, like, to plant this idea in a children's book is just not responsible as an adult. Like... Yes, we have the one settlement in Newfoundland, but we like there has been more attention <laughs> to this, um, uh, you know, than a lot of other things, and nothing's been found. Nothing has been yeah. established, and so I just don't. I think... Again, it's like the lack of thought put into this. I it fucking kills guess... me. It's like, oh, we're gonna teach up science and history, and then just shit out these like half true or false things. In this book, why? I guess what you're saying is that certainly it is plausible that there were Vikings around, but it is not proven fact that we should operate I from. I don't even, I mean, even plausible, like, it's distantly plausible, maybe, yes. like, deeply maybe, like, you are reaching the edges of the maybe galaxy and butting up onto the fuck no Milky Way or whatever. I don't, I don't know anything about space. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like technically, I, you know, I wouldn't say it's impossible, but it is not, not very likely. And most people operate as if it's the whole truth. Right, right. I mean, we have, we, there's a, a Leif Erikson statue in Boston. <laughs> there's, a, there's a tower in Waltham. There's like, some fucking rocks in New Hampshire that are a hoax. There's shit in Maine. People are like, oh, this tower is Viking. No, it was colonial. Like, there's... Anyway, you can look. You have the internet. You're listening to this on the internet. I don't need to talk about this anymore. It's just something that really... Yeah, let's move just on. a little fucking, <laughs> fucking thorn in my little paw. Oh, God. Um, 
there's also a reference that Boston is not in Massachusetts, like a sentence after. So I think I th- that this is a very confusingly edited passage. So this was the dog that went to both Yale and Harvard. And I think what happened was it was supposed to be at the beginning of the paragraph that they went to Yale, which is not in Massachusetts. I actually don't know where Yale it's is. It's in Connecticut. Um, okay. So, yeah. So they it, it reads like it was supposed to go like the dog went to Yale first and then they got accepted to Harvard in Boston. But the paragraph starts with like they were in Harvard and then they went – it says they were in Yale in Boston – and then they went to Boston again. So it, it's like a double. No, it says it says they went. Chris, can you just pull up the page? What page is this? Even? Uh, I'm going to have to hunt guess it's between five and fifty seven. No, it's between twenty eight and fifty seven. So probably cool. if you just flip, you'll probably see Boston or Viking. OK, here's the sentence. This is one. It's not even a paragraph. It's just one sentence. But even he hadn't been as impressive of a student as Mr. Eddy, who had learned art and philosophy at Harvard, graduated in three years, then realized he still had so much to learn that he detoured out of Boston and headed straight to Massachusetts to enroll in Harvard later that day. What happened? How did he get confused three times in one sentence? (laughs) He left Harvard to go out of Boston... Into Massachusetts, where he enrolled in Harvard, which is different, according to the structure of this sentence. Y'all, Harvard is in Cambridge, which is on the yes. same transit network as Boston, part of the greater MBTA landscape. You may remember this from, I actually forget if it's the episode before this or two, no, it was two episodes ago, um, when we were doing the super, the super cyborg, super soldier thing. I... But they're both in Massachusetts. <laughs> People often <laughs> refer to Cambridge, you know, to Harvard wow. as being in Boston because, I mean, it's like roughly but he, the same. But in the sentence, he's like, he left Harvard to go to Harvard. Yeah. I... Like, aside from any <laughs> geographical <laughs> fuck-ups, oh, the sentence says, I left Harvard so I could attend Harvard, which And he left Boston to go like to Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> he, I, that's... Uh... I mean, okay, the only... Something happens there. Wait, wait, there is a... Wait, there is a year where this is possible. Hang on. (laughs) Hang on one second. Excuse me? Hang on. Hang on. There was a year that Boston was outside of Massachusetts. I guess colonial, right? There was a year. There there was a period. Sorry, there was a a longer period of time than a year. But um, there was a period of time where you could go to Harvard, go to Boston, and then leave Boston... (laughs) To go to Massachusetts. And that was when Massachusetts was separated in two, when Maine used to be Massachusetts. So if it was before the year 1819, technically. I don't think that's it, because <laughs> Mr. Eddie doesn't seem that old. I mean, he's a fucking talking dog that can go to college. Let's just say he's like 400. It's fine. <laughs> so, all right. So, in, okay. so before 1819... You could leave Massachusetts and go to Massachusetts because Maine used to be Massachusetts. So. <laughs> but it was still both. They was at the time that was still both Massachusetts because there wasn't a Maine. You're just saying that the area that is Maine now. Yeah, I'm saying. Was also saying Massachusetts back then. Leave, so you weren't leaving yes, Massachusetts yes, at the time. Yes, you were because you'd have to go through New Hampshire and Vermont. 
Oh, so there's like a wraparound situation. Wait, was New Hampshire... Were New Hampshire... Yeah, I think New Hampshire and Vermont were incorporated before Maine. Now I need to find this out. Massachusetts was a non-contiguous yes, colony? It, that... Yes, this is... This also... I don't know. I learned this a while ago. Hang on. <laughs> this is like New England history with Tara Bookwell. We can't get this in the weeds, man. We got, <laughs> This was supposed to be a short episode. I, I got so distracted when I was typing my Google search. I just searched for... What years were New Hampshire and Vermont? Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, where? What years were they? We are off the walls. When did New Hampshire and Vermont? Um, Vermont was the Constitution was uh, ooh, seventeen seventy seven, and then New Hampshire, seventeen seventy four. So yeah, so you would have to go through New Hampshire and Vermont to get to other Massachusetts, Massachusetts too, Super Massachusetts, okay, <laughs> which is now Maine. Um. All right. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Oh, God. The lost opportunity. It's right, it's right there. Anyway. Okay. Let's I hope move on you all learned. That was clearly just a stupid ending. I hope you ever. all learned a real historical fact today. <laughs> so I guess. Um, <laughs> More facts than in yeah. the book. Uh, all right. Let's start. This is like a total dive. Total. This is just stream of consciousness note taking because this book made no sense. So, all right. Next one. My note. My next note. So here's the other thing. I was like, all right. So are I think I figured out why the walls were related to color magic, but th- I was like, wait, is he also connecting it to like minerals? I don't know. There's there's a real like why do why do the walls have to have gems in them? Why are gems brought into this discussion at all if it's about walls? It's the simplest thing for magic, for like source of magical power. I mean, we've all played Sonic the Hedgehog before, so yeah, it's you know we've all played, one step over from there for played kids. Played a Zelda. You've played a you've played an Elden Ring. You've played a Dark Soul. Yeah, magical gems are just you know the way to like if you just need to have a magical object, it's a gem. Like that's the basic magical but like, object. Like, why you could couldn't have. it just be like a? <sighs> Could it be anything? Like maybe they really wanted to take all the wall materials because Pigmandia or whatever doesn't have walls, and they're jealous of Planet Wall because they got walls. Like, <laughs> I they never figured out how to put one stone on. Top I, of yeah, another. they haven't figured it out. I mean, and they'll kill you for I, it. <laughs> they won't just look at it and go, "Oh, I could do that." Or maybe they want to steal the mortar, like the stuff that holds the stones together, because they don't have it on their planet. Like, I just the include the extra layer of the gems. I was just, I don't. Fucking, I don't understand. Um, it's it's a way so Waldo can defeat the pigmen. He needs magic powers to defeat the pig. That's all it is. Um, yeah. So remember, like once again, thin conflict yeah. <laughs> of the thinnest possible basics of a book. Um, yeah. I like. All right. Here's another thing. Remember earlier we were like, oh, warning. We're gonna talk about some like '90s level of like multiculturalism, hope, peace, and love. We're all the same stuff. So part of that is that every person that Waldo meets is a fucking caricature. And like, look, man, I get it. It's a book for small children. Like this, this book really seems like it's for what? What are we talking? Like first grade, something like that. You, yeah, you, you know, there. you know, a child, Chris. What do you think? You teach your children. What? What is this? Uh, I mean, I'm no English uh, teacher or language arts teacher, I should say. Uh, but I would, yeah, uh, somewhere in the first to third grade area. Okay, <clears throat> so probably like second or. Oh, uh, okay. I was I was thinking kindergartner first, but maybe maybe I'm no off. kindergartners would not be able to have okay. the attention span to read um, this. Um, in any case, 
um so okay i get that it's for children and you need to sort of simplify things and sometimes when we simplify things it can seem a little you know can seem a little off right like you don't want to sim- but you don't want to simplify something so much that people from different cultures who are different ethnicities are represented in a very stereotypical or caricaturish way and that's unfortunately what happens here like even the german guy is dressed in fucking like lederhosen and like a hat with a feather and it's not oktoberfest like it's not berlin during oktoberfest so why are we doing this um yeah, either right, either it's eighteen nineteen where Massachusetts is split in two, where they probably also weren't. Well, doing no, it's the, it's often. the Berlin Wall, so or, it's the seventies or something, yeah. right? Like it's before eighty nine, yeah. right? Is that that's the that's the year when it came down? Is that right? I don't. Yeah, eighty nine because I was born then. That's the only so, one historical fact I remember when I was here. Um, so like, I, okay, and then we go to China and. I mean, I guess the curious thing about that is that the the Chinese cousin is, like, doing yoga, which I wasn't really sure why that was included. Like, that was just confusing. Um, I'm trying to remember if anybody else was in, like, a weird costume. Maybe not. I mean, there's, like, the a- the African cousin who is just sort of ju- – it's he's from Zimbabwe, yes. right? But then – in that part of the book, he mentions the African coast, and it, the coast goes around. Yo, Africa's all the got way, all the coasts. So Which real- one? It's got all four. <laughs> it's got all of them. <laughs> it's got a north, an east, a west, and a south. Like most people, when they're talking about Africa, typically do refer to like the the west coast. But if you say the African coast, my man, which one? Like that is that doesn't. Also, Africa's fucking huge. I know that uh, a lot of us white folks were taught with incorrect maps that use the wrong type of scaling. Uh, and so a lot of people think Africa's small. It's not. It's fucking big. So, like, if you're on <laughs> any of those coasts, you're not necessarily near anybody else on a coast, right? Like, it's not It's not like okay, a... Okay, sp- so he's in Zimbabwe, right? Yes. Zimbabwe is land. Yes, that's another thing that's confusing. <laughs> I, I'm looking at a map right I, now thank you. I, of where Zimbabwe I is. To write that down. Thank you. I mean, I didn't know. Like, I I didn't know, so I looked it up. But which is what you could have done before you wrote this book. But it looks pretty landlocked in this picture to me. It is. Uh, I mean, it has it has like uh, I think it has uh, maybe some smaller bodies like lakes or or something. But it doesn't. It's. I mean. It is in the thinner part of Africa, in southern Africa. It's close. But, like... It's close to, like, the easty coast. It's got a whole other nation, though, between it and the coast. Yeah. And we're not talking, you know, like, Monaco. We're talking Mozambique, which is, like, an you know, a real country. Sorry, Monaco. Fuck off. You're, like, two miles long. Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Have you seen Monaco on a map, Chris? I, I'm looking. I'm actually looking at the map right now, and yes, I mean you aren't kidding, but uh, yeah. So I don't even remember why does he talk about the African coast if they weren't on the coast? Do you remember? Do they need to go to the coast for some reason? No, they, they're just talking about like again. It's very generic Africa. Oh, yeah, that's the kind of shit that like. Why are we doing this? It's 2023. You didn't do that for Europe. The U- it wasn't like I'm on the European coast over here in Berlin. Like, well, I mean, Berlin, 
Berlin isn't near the coast either. It's not. But I mean, it's closer yeah, well, than. Again, it's it's closer I mean, than a, if you're talking about in Zimbabwe, I mean, it's so closer what? than a lot of Germany. But it's, it's yeah. So yeah, right. You wouldn't be like, oh, I vacationed on the European coast or the American coast. I mean, w- no matter which way you say it, it's fucking dumb. California would count for that, and it was not brought up. That's true. Oh, I forgot about the weirdest wall of all, Chris. Mm-hmm. So all the all the walls, like okay, the Berlin Wall, obviously very like in it, sort of top of mind Euro history for those of us in the Western world and any nation that was involved in World War II, which is you know by its namesake many of them. Um, the Berlin Wall is like you know a historical fact, relevant sort of to you know people of this time. The other walls we talk about, like the Great Wall of China, obviously, like forever. The Ur Wall, very cool. I mean, well, I guess if there were walls in Ur, they'd be the Ur Wall, but you know what I mean. It's because the Great Wall of China is like the wall people think about. You can see it from space, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the walls he mentioned in Zimbabwe, and actually, I don't remember where the other one was because, again, we received no context and no consideration for the walls in Africa. <laughs> um, uh, those we just get like a footnote like hey these exist the California wall was to me just like uh, Chris <laughs> when you read about that wall were you like what the fuck is this because that's how I felt I was like why is why are we including this this isn't a historical wall like I don't understand I, you know a wall doesn't have to have massive historical ramifications to be relevant to wall stories I think that was I'm, I'm you know I'm gonna go to bat for Bill shook on this one you don't have to have massive historical significance to be you know an object of history right, yes, you're right. so like there are things that have a smaller impact in local cultures that are still relevant Let me find you're right I'm wrong that I'm wrong. local right. I'm wrong I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I wasn't trying to like fight you on this, Paris. I'm just saying that, like, th- for this one thing, I, I mean, yeah, for I definitely did have the reaction of like, wait, the fucking bubblegum wall. Why do we? Yeah, care about- it's, oh, it okay. is well, it's a cute specifically little couple bubblegum. Specifically, wall. the bubblegum alley of San Luis Obispo, which I've never heard of. I mean, I've, I know the I know the city. I've just never heard of this wall. I don't. I mean. Oh, I think I just don't like the fact that there's just walls of old saliva that people touch. Um, I don't, I don't <laughs> like really that. That's really what I your beef like is. Um, it, but you're right. So you're I'm, right. again, I'm gonna I'm gonna come in that there, you know it, it can have just like a local fun thing that you know perhaps a bunch of couples have met and for some people there it's gonna have that significance to them and looking up at the bubblegum wall and you know it's disgusting because it's covered in old bubblegum but like oh all those little disgusting pieces have a little tiny story in that. You're right, Chris. You're absolutely right. I will I will take the L on this one. I was very wrong. Um, something that I think is gross and horrible can still be significant and, and historical. Um, and yeah. you're right. I actually think that... And historical can be right. small. It can historical be small can history. Be small. My, the anthropologist inside of me is, um, is beating me mercilessly right now, just so you know. Um, I'll take your anthropology degree yeah. now, Paris. It's mine now. Like write your name on it. Um, <laughs> That's how that works. Case, uh, you're right. I I guess um I guess the reason I was protesting was it felt like all the other nations in the world had these really significant walls, and then America's wall was just like fucking gum wall. Like I wish that there was. <laughs> I wish he had chosen something 
uh, with like a little more import since the rest of them seemed like very important. I mean, I guess I guess the ones in Zimbabwe and I, I again I forget where the other one was. Ah, Ethiopia. Okay. There was one in Greece. There was also one in Greece that they went to for like a minute to grab a gem. There was like a really quick like, here, we got the gem. Bye. Hey. See ya. Um, Chris, can can you? Chris, I have a question for you. Uh, Who's sure. the blonde kid with the gun? I don't remember what the fuck you're talking about, to be honest <laughs> with you. Are you sure you didn't hallucinate something? There was an illustration with like a blonde kid with a gun, and I'm like, who is that? It's not the main character. Oh, main yeah, character's okay. black hair. It's yeah, not any of his friends. Uh, none of Listen, man, there's what? a lot of illustrations <laughs> in here where there's just like an extra person or like being. And I'm like, I don't understand who that's supposed to be. Also, Shadow the Cat is represented in at least three or four different ways. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. You're talking about this one right here. I'm showing it to you um, over the webcam. Oh, wow. I cannot see that, but I trust that you have found the correct one. Um, yeah, it's like a there's a small person with like a head wrap and an AK-47 shooting at like pig yes, aliens. Yes, and my question... Or bigger than like the pig alien. There's also like these skull creatures. I guess they're supposed to be like mini dwarves. I don't know what the hell that is. It's incoherent. And but, so, yeah, so it's like kids, kids are going to focus on illustrations and books. So if there's like all the shit that you didn't talk about, I don't know. Again, it's just another like element of weird inconsistency and lack of forethought about the whole. Um, and I know we've been talking for a while, but do you do you remember, dear listener, that this book's title was Waldo Beyond the Walls with the subtitle Adventures in the Galaxy? You may be wondering, when did you go to the galaxy? And the answer is just that, I guess, well, Earth is in this galaxy, so fuck you. We don't go to space in this book. We just say we go to space. <laughs> well, they do. They do. But it's at the end of the chapter, one of Waldo's, like, wall uncle cousins, Kunkles, comes down and is like, I'm off to take you to see other walls in the galaxy. And the chapter ends with them shooting off into space. And then the next chapter opens with him dropping Waldo off back on Earth. And you're like, wait a minute. I thought I was going to go into <laughs> space over here. What happened? Yeah. So bait and switch. You think you're going to space. You see characters with space helmets on. Like that really great illustration at the beginning with the cat fighting the pig. The cat, I believe, Chris, maybe double check. I think she has a... Uh, like a space helmet or there, there's at least several illustrations with space helmets so you're like oh man Waldo's an alien we're gonna go to space and like learn about his alien world no they're just gonna be like and then and then Poochie went to his home planet and that's it like yeah I don't think there is actually I'm not oh, seeing okay, any okay. I thought there were several characters that had um, space helmets I mean I think there's the they're in, like, UFO, but they're in, like, the generic UFO that's just, like, a glass dome oh, in a flat okay. part, which is, like, the worst thing. For I mean, the cat's outfit here is sort of spacesuit-esque that, in a way, but... That must be I what I was thinking of. Um, anyway. Yes. Chris, I've got a few more questions for you. Sure. If each wall is managed by, owned by, controlled by a member of Waldo's family, you know, his wall uncles and wall cousins. Why does Waldo need to go to each one and solve a riddle and, like, go through, like, traps and whatever 
to get the gems to save everyone from the pigmen. Why wouldn't his cousin uncles just give him the gems? Why would they make him do that? What is the point? If your civilization is under attack, why would you be like, oh, haha, you got to answer a riddle before you can get those nuclear codes or like whatever. Obviously, that's an extreme <laughs> example. But like, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I have this I have this thing that can help you defeat the enemy. But sorry, you got to answer this like Tootsie Pop riddle first. Like, why? What is the purpose <laughs> of this? Why do I need to go through a series of exercises and tricks? And like, I, if, uh, why? Why? It's very unclear. It, it's very sometimes there just isn't a wall person there, or like the wall person is like, I don't know where the gem is. Like, you got to figure it out. Be- Why don't you know where so the gem like, is? You're I the maybe- keeper of this fucking wall. Is that your whole job? <laughs> these people, their whole job is being chained to this wall. Why wouldn't they know? Why wouldn't they help? I do not understand the logic here. <laughs> It's like, why is Waldo the one that is, you know, the one that has to do all the stuff when there's a lot of you? It seems like if this was a team effort, that would be very helpful. (laughs) And why are you putting it on Waldo, the least experienced of the wall guardians? Well, with perhaps the least historically relevant uh, wall. (laughs) Yeah, we don't get any any information about his wall. Speaking of these walls, what are the implications of being chained to a wall for your entire fucking life? (laughs) Not physically. But they got to eat. These people got to eat. They're, they're eating they're, all the yeah. time and everything. I mean, I mean they they can. The, Cousin Ava can go to like a restaurant near the wall. So I don't. I wonder if there's like a radius yeah, or something. I think there is. I mean, that sounds terrible. I. How do you get vacation time? Like, because you can't have somebody else watch your wall because then they'll be a they'll be gone from their wall. Is this just a pyramid scheme? Oh my god, a pyramid. Wait, is a pyramid a wall? <laughs> <laughs> the NFTs are right there. They are they're right, right there. there. Holy shit! So. Listen, if you if if I can convince you to buy my wall NFT, I can get the fuck out of here. So that's really what Waldo's the victim of. There, everyone's like, "Yeah, Waldo, you gotta get the gems. You just gotta sign here that you're the <laughs> owner of the wall gem." Oh, uh, all right. This was painful. Um, <laughs> Chris, you have you have. Anything else? I sorry, a lot of these notes were mine today. Uh, do you have anything to add to today's uh, no. discussion? I feel like we've we've said what we'd like to say about this wall book for kids. So I mean, can we? Fix I hated it? it violently, and it took sleep from me. I'm sorry. Could you? <laughs> you should go first. Okay. Like I said before, I kind of like the idea of teaching kids that history can be found in boring objects like a wall. Uh, but the whole where he thing where he has to solve the riddles with the, the answer is like, oh, this wall keeps peace in, and this wall ha- made hope a thing when they broke the wall down. So I guess that's a bad wall. Uh, and then the the love wall with the bubblegum thing, it just feels really corny to me as a way to like teach. I I mean, that is part of history, right? Is like learning that it has this context, but it just it's just so hokey. And, like, the pigmen being the evil aliens, why not swap it with some animal that is a, a better wall breacher yeah, or an anti-wall? That's a great point. Some kind of insects with wall-crushing mandibles or, like, a rhino? I don't know. Like, you know, something that wants to go through a wall. An anti-beaver. Chris, I don't know. why wouldn't the enemy be, like, tree roots? Those are the things that destroy sure. walls over time. Yeah. Or erosion. Ero- yeah. Oh, you're right. Ocean. Or erosion, like the ocean. I mean, it could have been. 
anything that yeah would have like a problem with a wall you know um yeah. but a pig guy why does the pig alien not like why are they why does waldo have to be an alien? pigs are really common like alien creatures that are evil standing i've seen them in like two or three different kinds of media where it's like pig aliens for some reason so i i don't know like just because the pigs are usually thrown in the their bad pile of animals which is really unfair to the pigs i yeah, gotta say that's about it for me on Cammy. I mean, like, just put a little more thought into it. The core idea isn't terrible, but you could do more with it, I think. Yeah, my feeling is that you just you just got to redo this whole thing. Get an editor. Um, history shouldn't just be the free bread roll you get at your table. It should be the entree. That history and science, those should be your components of the meal, especially... If you are professing that at the beginning, and then you do not work it into your story appropriately. Get your shit right. Get your facts correct, my dude. You had some weird problems in here due to, like, editing and just not looking at a map for a hot second. Like, I mean, just the... the <laughs> you just got to clear a pretty low bar here to make sure your facts are straight in this kid's book. It's not difficult. Um... Yeah, and I agree with you, Chris. I do like the wall idea and your explanation of history through ordinary objects and not just extraordinary ones. That's actually a great point. Um, but I do hate the main storyline. I The whole, like, evil pigmen and the gem Like, why we gotta have the gems? It was like the gems are only there so he could say there was science because he wrote a weird paragraph worshipping the creation of gems. I, which I still will never get over I, yeah, like I said, I just, I just really think this, this whole thing needs a redo. Stick with your wall idea or some other more ordinary object that's that you can attach history to and teach kids about. I think that's great, but everything surrounding it is. Those walls are really just keeping the muck out. Like it's, it's bad out there beyond the walls. It's bad. <laughs> this book made me violently angry and stole sleep from me i couldn't i actually could not sleep after i finished this book and took my notes and it was like 1 30 in the morning and i i just you were, could you were not just sleep. stewing down there on the couch just simmering with the curve. yeah i was fucking kerning i, I was simmering i was simmering and it was no i was boiling it was bad <sighs> there was a lot there there's a lot there. all right thank you that person that suggested this to us and also, thank you to our patrons. Craig, Veronica, Will, Dee, Jared, Aronic, Senior, Jakob, Lycoris, Elliot, Kieran, Martin, Jay, Luchek, Miri, Yanka, David, Julius, Anya, Patricia, Austin, Donnie, Beast with the Least, Scott H., Robin, Blackstodies, Of the Void, The Taco Eating Unicorn, Last Man on Earth 01, Funny Robot with Antennas, Hobbyboy93, Harry, Mason, Renee, Emmy, The Ugly One, Bleached Black Hat, Julius the Nice Dragon, Eastern Swiss, our Kofi donor Kiwi Think, and our newest patron, Rudy Bobooty. Hey, thank you for joining us up on this book wall. It's getting taller all the time. <laughs> We're just stacking these books up until no one can see us back here. <laughs> um, Yeah, I actually forgot that we have a Julius and a Julius, the nice dragon. We have two. And oh, we seem to attract Rudy Bobooty just makes me want a root beer. I don't know. <laughs> That's. I'm not a fan of root beer, so you can have it. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Just some root beer hate to end this episode, I guess. Yeah, I'm team lemonade. I'm team lemonade. You know that. 
Well, lemonade isn't carbonated. It's not a soft drink. That's not a fair comparison. It can be. It can be. Well, it's in the sugary, non-alcoholic drink category. <sighs> so, you know, it's... Chris, do we need, like... Do we need the sandwich website for drinks? Because, like, I disagree. I feel like you can compare root beer to a Dr. Pepper, to a Coca-Cola, to a brown pop, to the differing brown pops, I think... uh you know, perhaps you can move into like Sprite territory for clear pops, but I, I, this comparison of root beer and lemonade is no, it's an, it's inaccurate. I feel, but they're they're like kind of in the same area. Like you'd find them on the menu in a restaurant underneath like the the soft drink area, anyway. So, doesn't soft drink imply that it's carbonated? No. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. Soft drink definition <laughs> is how we're going to end this. A non-alcoholic drink, especially one that is carbonated, but not necessarily one that is carbonated. Oh, okay. I thought they necessarily had to be carbonated. All right. A soft drink is a drink that usually contains water, a sweetener, and a natural or artificial flavoring. So it sounds like very lemonade. very broad definition. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> <sighs> I'm gonna die on Taking this. L's today, Paris. I'm gonna die on this fucking wall made of root beer. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Terrible Book Club. Terrible Book Club is an independent podcast produced by your hosts, Paris and Chris. Sound design and audio editing by Chris, with sound effects and music by Epidemic Sound and sometimes also Chris. Our theme song is Kiss by Yearn, which is, you guessed it, actually. Also, Chris, you can find more of his soothing synthy sounds on Bandcamp at yearn.bandcamp.com. Do you want us to review a book of your choice on the show? Do you want access to some extra audiovisual weirdness? If so, become a patron at patreon.com slash terriblebookclub. If you'd like to send us a one-time tip instead, you can do that at ko-fi.com slash terriblebookclub. You can also support TBC for free by sharing the show on social media, following our accounts on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or Goodreads, telling your friends about your favorite episode, or by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or anywhere else on the internet. To send us book recommendations or your adorable pet photos, send an email to terriblebookclub at gmail.com.